Welcome to Self-Talk with Dr. Ray Self, the place where you can get real answers to tough questions. Jesus promised you abundant life, but poor choices and dark forces stand in your way. It is time to learn how to overcome the obstacles that keep you out of your promised land. Knowledge of God will pave the path for you to walk in His blessing. Hello and welcome to Self Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Ray Self. This is where we have tough issues with real answers. This show is sponsored by International College of Ministry, a college of spirit and truth, enrolling now at icmcollege.org. My special guest today is Pastor Bob Levins. Pastor Bob Levins has over 40 years of ministry experience, and I brought Bob on the show today to talk about a very serious topic. I'm calling it legalistic abuse. Most of us, if we've been a Christian for any period of time, have been abused through legalism. So we want to talk about what is legalism, why is it bad, how does it hurt us, how does it affect us, and how we get free from it. First off, we need uh, to look at what the Bible says and what the Bible teaches. Now, Pastor Bob is an excellent theologian. He's a good friend of mine, just an amazing Bible teacher. And we know the Bible has answers for everything. But legalism has hurt me. It has hurt you. It has hurt the church. It has caused a lot of damage, a lot of shame, a lot of condemnation, and all kinds of problems. Really quick story, give an example of this. This is what the world thinks. Years ago, I was in a Wednesday night Bible study at my church just outside of Memphis, Tennessee. And a young lady came in off the street to, to Bible study. And she was wearing yeah, street clothes, so to speak. Not exactly appropriate for church, but, you know, that's okay. We welcomed her in. And after the Bible study, she said, Dr. Self, I really, really, really love your Bible study. I just want you to know I'm trying to get my life together so I can get back in church. You see, she was already being victimized by legalism and hadn't even, it was outside the church. The thinking was, if I can get it together, if I'm good enough, and if I can, can get my act together, then I can get to church and I can be acceptable to God. We want to talk about that and, and other things and why this is so damaging to us and, and to the body of Christ as a whole. So, Pastor Bob, again, I welcome you here. I'm so glad you're with us. And uh, maybe just start us off. What, what is legalism and why is it so bad and how does it affect us? Well, Ray, thanks again for having me on today. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, you, you know, as a minister for over 40 years, I've dealt with this topic many, many times. And I'd like to talk about two types of legalism. There are two different types. Uh, the first type is the legalism where people believe they have to be good enough to be saved. Um, if you've ever evangelized on the street and you talk to people and, and ask them how they're going to get into heaven, they'll say, well, I'm a good person. That's exactly what that lady was. That was her problem. It came into my Bible study. All of us believe that we're good people. So when their question is given to them, if we assume we're all good people, we believe we're all going to heaven because we're, we're good people and only Hitler and Stalin are the only ones going to hell. Um, I once had a minister tell me when I was a young man that God has a big scale. And at the end, if there are more good deeds in your life than bad deeds, you go to heaven. Well, that's a type of legalism. And there are churches that preach that kind of philosophy, that you have to be a good enough person uh, uh, and then you'll make it into heaven if God judges you to have more good deeds than bad. The second type of legalism that more people deal with that will probably be hearing this podcast 
is the legalism in the church. I think most um, believers understand that we are saved by faith in Christ, not of good works. But once they get saved, now they live a life of sanctification by works, where now they are trying to please God by their performance. It's a little bit more subtle, but it actually can become more dangerous. And frankly, I've seen it push many, many people away from the church and Christ. So we're saved by grace and keep it that works. Not only keep it, but almost like we have to prove to God that, you know, I'm one of your players now, God, and I'm going to show you by what I do. So we have to, we're saved by grace, but we have to gain our favor from God and, and perform to please God. Right. In other words, that if I sin today, I've fallen out of grace and, I, you know, I have to get back into grace. Um, you know, I've heard expressions like, uh, you know, when, when we're backslidden and, you know, I think all, all Christians struggle with sin. I don't know when you want to call it backslidden, but we give the impression that when somebody's backslidden, all of a sudden they're no longer a Christian. And when they get their life right, they'll come back to Jesus and everything will be restored as if God has a giant pencil eraser. And every time we sin, he erases our name from the book of life and then adds it back in when we repent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but the fruit of that is just, it doesn't, it, in my opinion, it causes a Christian to walk on eggshells and, um, you know, I'm in, I'm out. Uh, I, I have God's favor. Or I, I've lost it. I've got it. I've got it back. And eventually, aren't we saying then it's all based on us? Absolutely. It's not really about what Christ did. It's what we can do, right? Well, it's like I say, people put more faith in their works of righteousness than, than in the work of Christ. So it's really about me. Exactly. And, you know, think about it, Ray. Everywhere we go, we're judged by performance. Right. In our families, at school, at work. It's very, you know, the concept of grace can be very, very difficult to apprehend. And, you know, for a lot of people, uh, you know, they want to ask Christ for forgiveness, but they want to maintain their salvation by their efforts. And that's where they get frustrated because all of us are going to struggle with sin. Right. And some people, frankly, and I've talked to many people who after a while have just given up because they feel like they can't measure up to what Christ wants from us. You know, it's just the whole thinking of the world is I have to be, if I'm good, I go to heaven. Right. And if I'm good enough, I go to heaven. And if I'm not good enough, I, I don't make it to heaven. And so right. it's all based on our works and our performance, which is what is ingrained in us. I mean, we're taught from a, from a young age that you have to earn everything in this world. Absolutely. So here's God coming and saying, no, 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 you can't do this. Jesus did it for you if you accept it by faith. And, 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 and really, outside of Christianity, that's what all mainline religions will teach you, yeah. that you have to earn God's favor, and it's impossible. The problem is Christians receive, this is why the gospel is called good news. Why is, the, why is Christianity good news as opposed to any other faith? It addresses the issue that we do not have any ability to save ourselves. It must be done by God through Christ. And that is the good news, that the work has been done by, frankly, the only person in the universe knows how to do it. I've often said this, that if we can earn our salvation, then salvation is only worth the price that I pay. That's and a great question. It's actually pretty cheap because I can't afford that much. Right. And, you know, it, it takes away from the work that Christ had done. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember as a young man that I would go to a, a minister and confess my sins, and he would always add to my confession works that I had to do. Okay, now that you, you know, you've asked for forgiveness, now I want you to go home and vacuum the house for your mom or cut the grass for your dad. And, 
you know, I would do a type of penance. And as, as even as a child, it didn't make sense to me because if Jesus forgave me, why do I have to do all these things? It was like I had to add to the work that Christ did, that Christ's work was insufficient for my forgiveness and my salvation. Which is what Paul was writing about in Galatians. And Paul was, Galatians to me is a very angry letter. When Paul writes, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before your very eyes that you not see Christ crucified? Did Christ die needlessly? So in a way, we're saying if we have, if it's, if it's about our performance, we are saying that what Christ did was not sufficient. We're telling God, God, I, I really don't think Jesus did enough. Exactly. I've got to do it. You know, it's funny that and you quote that's Galat- a lot of pressure. Yeah. You quoted Paul in Galatians because he starts off, and I don't know if you mentioned this, who has, when he's talking about legalism, who has bewitched you? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. And, and if you think about what Paul is saying, you're right. Galatians is an angry letter. All right. He's upset at those who received the gospel of grace. And now we're going back into the law to try to, you know, observe the, all the festivals, all of the uh, requirements of the old covenant in order to keep their salvation. And circumcision was part of that. You know, and Paul went so far to say, if you receive circumcision, then Christ has no work in you. The work of Christ is, is dead in you, right? It has no effectiveness. So when we go back into the law, what we're literally doing when we go back to legalism, right? Because we're saying, God, I want you to judge me by my works. I know what the work of Christ did, but now look at me, Bob, and what I'm doing. The problem with that, most of us want to be judged by our good works. But if God is going to judge us by our works, he's going to judge us by all of them. Right. And we don't want that. Yeah, no. <laughs> we don't want that. We want to be judged by the work of Christ that was done on our behalf through our faith in him. That's it. That's where I want the judgment to begin and end with the work of Christ and not my flesh. And, you know, that's, I believe Paul in the letter to Galatians was, he was angry because he was defending the gospel and he was, he was angry in a way. It was like a slap in the face to God. You're going, mm-hmm. God, you didn't do enough. Let me show you what else I've got to do to add to this work of Christ because right. Christ was not quite sufficient for us, which to me is very insulting. But the way it plays out in our lives is, I think everybody at some point, we really strive to please God. We strive to be a good Christian. And there's nothing wrong with, with works. You know, it's, it's not works doesn't save you, but there's works because you're saved. It's a chicken right. and the egg thing or a cart and the horse type thing. But the problem with that is it becomes all about us. It becomes an avenue and a doorway for tons of condemnation and shame because we fail. We feel mm-hmm. rejected, rejected. We feel uh, unworthy. We feel like a failure. We just want to give up. And then we have the church, which kind of supports that in a way, because the church gets legalistic and it really becomes abusive because I can never measure up to the standards the church is telling me I have to do. Therefore, I feel unworthy and rejected. And eventually, many Christians just give up and backslide. Well, you know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that the letter or the law, it's the same word, um, kills. All right. It does. It brings death because the law requires perfection. If we do not keep the law in total, then we have failed under the law. And as James said, you know, if you're guilty of one part of the law, you're guilty of all of it. So to live by the letter of the law is exhausting emotionally, spiritually, because at some point we are going to fall again. 
And, you know, I don't care how long you've been preaching, how long you've been teaching. We all struggle. All right. The flesh, Paul said, is at war with the spirit. So we are going to fail. Question is now, what do we do with that? Do we put our faith back in what Christ has done? Or do we put our faith in our works, realizing we can't measure up and then give up? That's a great point. It's it's the question of, of works and grace. Yeah, we should do good works. But when a Christian believes that their good works is earning them righteousness or causing right. them to be justified, there's where they fall into a problem. There's the trap right there, right. because you can't earn your righteousness. It was given to you. You cannot earn your justification or, or your reconciliation. When you start believing that that's going to do it for you, there's where the problem comes in. And that's also what ends up into a lot of emotional issues. Well, like I said, it's exhausting. When I went to uh, seminary uh, as a young man, I was all excited. I was going to learn about justification by faith and all the concepts. And I remember the first thing I got there, and it was the rule book. All right. Now, this is a Bible college. Everybody there is saved, or most of the people were saved. But they started instituting the laws. We were not allowed to go to movies. Uh, we were not allowed to go bowling. We were not allowed to hold hands in public. Uh, you know, heaven forbid, a young man and a young woman who were in love held hands. Uh, you, you know, so all of a sudden I started realizing, uh, you know, we couldn't have lunch if we didn't have the right clothes on. I wasn't allowed to grow a beard. I had to be shaven. They start giving all these laws um, that, you know, to observe. And I understand the college is allowed to impose conduct, but it's, it went quickly from this is what we require out of your commitment as, as a college student to this is how we judge a good Christian. So if you went to a movie, you were now a bad Christian. It didn't matter the movie, all right? If you went to go see a Disney Bambi movie type of thing, you still weren't a good Christian because you went to a movie. And, and I started feeling that pharisaical oppression that I felt as a young man uh, in the communities that I grew up that were completely legalistic. So let me ask you a question. Based on following up what you just said, so you were thought, taught well if you go to the movies you're not really a good christian okay right. if you don't dress appropriately for dinner you're not really a good christian if you actually hold hands with your girlfriend you're not a good christian so what was the effect upon you of all these rules and regulations now i'm not saying that some of these things aren't good but the the legalistic approach had to affect you how did that affect you well it, you know to be honest with you uh dr ray um I struggled with the concept of grace. You know, like you said, most Christians, they want to observe God's law. They want to serve him faithfully. But just like the Pharisees, you know, the Pharisees added thousands of laws to the Old Testament, laws that Moses had never recorded. Well, now you start observing the laws that are there to help you observe the law. And it becomes this, this pyramid. So it really can mess with you, confuse you about what grace is all about. You know, I'll give you an example. I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood, a right? very conservative Jewish neighborhood. And I watched my friends on the Sabbath, Friday night, Sabbath began before sundown. And they would turn all their lights on and cover their mirrors. All right. Uh, they would tear toilet paper into pieces because you were not allowed to do anything on the Sabbath. That was, would be considered work. So you couldn't turn on a light switch. You couldn't look in a mirror because you may want to fix your hair and that would be considered works. So what ended up happening is the Sabbath became 
which, you know, Jesus said the, the Sabbath was made for man. You've made man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath became more important than the God, you know, than the man that God created in his image. So now there are laws that Moses never recorded, nobody recorded, to help you observe the laws that he did record. Well, now, now I'm going crazy and Christians get into this. Am I wearing the right clothes when I walk into this church? Am I carrying the right Bible? Okay, all these different type of things, or did I give enough? Did I, did, you know, did I give too little? Did I not have enough faith? And all these things where you're measured as a Christian, which have nothing to do with the work of Christ. And it can really make this walk with Christ frustrating. I think the key word, which you're saying here, the key word, the word measures you. Uh, these works, according to many churches and denominations and non-denominations, it measures you. These works judge you. Absolutely. Okay, these works determine you. Now, listen, good works are good work. Good works are good things. Okay, faithful works is good. They are good things. But what happens is we take these works and, and all of a sudden it's the measure of our, our, our whole, it's a measure of our Christianity. It, it's a Absolutely. measure of our acceptableness to God. It's a measure of our sonship. It's a measure of our true salvation. And actually it's works that we're doing because of the grace of God. Does that make sense? But it doesn't save us, or or it is not our measurement, if that makes sense. We come to Christ recognizing that we're sinners who need to be saved. Right. And that we have struggled with sin our whole life, and we're guilty. There's nowhere in that prayer when we come to Christ that we'll never struggle again. This is why we came to Christ, because I, I don't have the answer to my salvation. Problem is that you know, once we come to Christ, we face temptation as never before. You know, the law awakens sin in our life. So now we struggle and we find out even when Christ talked about adultery, he said, you've heard that thou should not commit adultery. But I say, if you look on a woman in lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. So now it's not just the outward expression of who I am in my flesh, but my thoughts are being judged. The condition of my heart. Well, this can be overwhelming. And the apostles asked Jesus, who could be saved? And Jesus said, with men, this is impossible. But through God, all things are possible because we can't do it. Most Christians are overwhelmed by the, just how guilty we are before God. Right. But I remember, for example, in Bible college, I committed to praying an hour a day. I'm going to pray an hour a day, Lord. And I did it for a while. Okay. And then I started getting puffed up. I pray an hour a day. I'm not like those people who only pray a half hour. But then I also got guilty and felt guilty and not living up to those who prayed two and three hours a day. Well, I'm just a lowly guy who only prays an hour a day. So I started trying to pray two and three hours a day. And again, I'm walking around, you know, thinking of myself, well, I'm one of God's best guys because I'm praying three hours a day. Not like those lightweights who only pray an hour a day. Now all of a sudden I'm judging everybody and myself. Okay. And that's where I started putting value in things that really were not where God was placing his value. His value is in the work of his son, Christ. All right, and how we receive that. Works have a role, and we need to talk about what they are because the law hasn't disappeared. But now we have to understand that we can never forget that we can come before God with confidence because of the work of Christ. Never, ever can we add to what Jesus Christ has done. We will never have more favor with God than we do when we come to Christ in humility and receive him as our savior. You can never get closer to God than that. 
That is so good. That That is so good. You know, uh, Paul said in Galatians, he said, how did you begin? And he said, by hearing, how did you receive the spirit? By hearing with faith or by works? And so he was saying is, you know, we began this walk. Is I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. Lord, forgive me. I receive you as my Savior. And what Paul was saying to the Galatians was, walk this way every day. Have the same attitude. Now, grace is no license to sin, which Paul made clear. Because of grace, I have power over sin. But again, the problem is always when people think your lifestyle, your works, your performance is determining your standing with God. And, you know, it, and that just causes shame, condemnation. It makes you want to quit. It makes you want to run away from the church. Well, I'll tell you right now, there are probably people listening, and maybe many, many, I'm sure thousands across the nation, who have given up on church because they can't live up to the standards the church has given them, which have nothing to do with their salvation. Right. It's all the things that the church has added. All right. I mean, I've been to churches where if women walk in with jewelry, it'll be torn off of them. Right, where women aren't allowed to wear pants, okay? Um, and, and you know, you start seeing that and saying, you're destroying the work of Christ by that. Yeah. I, you know, if a husband gives his wife a piece of jewelry and she wears it and she walks at the church and she's judged as not a believer as some kind of Jezebel because of it, you're destroying the work of Christ. Yeah. You know, if you tell somebody if they go to a movie, you've destroyed the work of Christ. That's impossible. You can't destroy the work of Christ. How powerful are you? <laughs> I said, how powerful are you to destroy the work of Christ? You know, and it's, and it's also in a way you don't destroy the work of Christ, but your personal message to God in the churches has this message is you're denying the work of Christ. You know what I'm saying? You, you're, you, I mean, the work of Christ is finished. It's complete. It's perfect. Nothing can change it. No, no force in the universe can change it. Okay. But we can deny it. By thinking that I have to add to it. Well, think about the words. We're, you know, we're, we're approaching the Easter season. You know, I did a series one time in the words of Christ from the cross. And one of my favorites, of course, is it is finished. Yeah. All right. And, you know, it's interesting. Just before his death, he didn't say, I am finished. He said, yeah. it is finished, which tells you really what he was there for. Amen. This was not about his sacrifice and what it meant to him. It was the work of Christ. And when he said it is finished, he wasn't just talking about his life. It was the work that God gave for him to fulfill. And now because it is finished and complete, there's nothing more that we can add to it. We need to talk about what works are and how it is and, you know, how that impacts our life. But we can't add to our salvation or our sanctification. Pastor Bob, that is so good. Um, I believe in the Greek that actually translates uh the word finished means perfectly complete and i love that it is he it was perfectly complete what he came to do anyway it's been great talking to you pastor bob and we're going to do a part two on this okay so if you're uh listening to this uh watch for part two uh on legalistic abuse okay and, and the problem with it we want to continue to discuss this my guest today has been Pastor Bob Levins. Pastor Bob, if somebody would like to contact you, um, I know you said you can call 24 hours a day if I give your personal cell phone number. Is that okay? <laughs> it, it, if somebody would like to call, if you want me to give my phone number, I'd be happy to do it. Or your email? What's the best way to contact you? Um, my email is Bob Levins, the number 79, at gmail.com. 
And if somebody would like to contact me, the 79, by the way, is when I graduated high school. I'm giving something away there. But uh, that's my secret code. Oh, so it's BobLevin79 at gmail.com. Okay. All right. Anyway, thank you, Pastor Bob. And uh, please uh, like and subscribe and give us some good five-star comments. We really need this, okay? This has been Self Talk, and I am your host, Dr. Ray Self. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, Charisma Podcast Network, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps our show reach more people and spread the gospel. You can purchase Dr. Self's latest book, Hear His Voice, Be His Voice, on Amazon.com. Please visit Dr. Self's webpage at icmcollege.org for more information and free downloads.